look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. You know, Faisal, we talk often about um, uh, about the differences in uh, retirement for men and women, right? They, we have, men and women t- tend to approach things differently. There's lots of differences. There's differences in health. There's differences in the way we see uh, the way we see things, the details that we're interested in. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about today about uh, well, about health, about our health bucket, right? And um, we've got a terrific guest today, Dr. Vivian Brown. She's a family physician. She's also the author of A Woman's Guide to Healthy Aging. It's seven proven ways to keep your healthy, uh, to keep yourself healthy, vibrant, and strong. Now, um, I'm interested personally in the differences, right? Because um, men and women do approach retirement differently. We approach lots of things differently. And I'm interested to know the differences from a healthy aging perspective of what men and women do differently. And, and Vivian's going to help, in part, you know, Dave, explain some of that to us. One thing also, Dave, is that when I sit down with clients and talk about the health bucket and the what-if scenarios yeah. and long-term care and preventive care and how the financial resources you may need for all that, the engagement that I have from, from women is amazing and they how they want to make sure that they're protected. More importantly, they want to make sure that those what-ifs are taken care of just right. in case. And right. so I, I'm really interested to hear about this because this will give me more information to have conversation with my clients. Yeah, well. terrific. Dr. Brown, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's really exciting to be here. Well, and, and we're as you, you can hear, we're very interested in this. And, and um, in a very short period of time, we've got to cover a lot of material. So I want to just start with uh, perhaps you sharing with us, what are the, the major health concerns for women as they age? You know, I, I think there's a lot of health concerns for both men and women uh, with aging. And what I try to do in the book is really narrow it down to the seven health concerns that you have control over, right. that you may be able to have an impact on. You know, some of the things everybody's familiar with, that's diet and nutrition and exercise. But I think it's really important that we talk about brain health, that we talk about menopause when we're talking to women. We look at heart health. We talk about bone health. You know, people often forget that the number one event that a woman over 50 is likely to have is a fracture. Right. Uh, that's more than breast cancer, heart disease, stroke, everything combined. And when you look at financial health and some of the things that you're discussing, 25% of women will die in the first year after a hip fracture, and somewhere around 40% are not able to live independently. So in my book, what I've tried to stress is the things you can have control over uh, so that you are able to live a long and healthy life independently. That's the big key. People want to live in the community. They want to be able to take care of themselves. Um, how did it differ between men and women? Um, and perhaps that's, you know, you're not addressing it specifically in the book, but just anecdotally, if, if uh, you can, I'm, I'm interested to know sort of what uh, perhaps men and women worry about um, and, and if it's different and what the reality is and if that's different. Well, women do live longer than men, so women are more likely to be alone. They're more likely to be widowed and uh, live on their own. 
And uh, that's a real problem because they're often not able to do that and not ready mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, heart disease is very different in men and women. Women do worse after a heart attack. Women have less aggressive intervention. Um, and unfortunately, 70% of new cases of Alzheimer's are in women, not mm-hmm. in men. So we see differences in diseases, differences in longevity, differences in how people cope with chronic disease. Yeah, I think, um, you know, speaking personally, I can uh, I can speak to that particular issue for sure. We've experienced that in our family. Uh, my dad's passed. My mom is now suffering, I think, early-stage dementia. It hasn't been formally diagnosed, but you can certainly see a, a major impairment in long-term memory happening. So, we're, you know, my brother and I are living that right now with our family. So uh, I get it. How do you set yourself up for success with your health as you get older? Well, I, I think, truthfully, the key is healthy living lifelong, and we know that, For example, the most important decade where exercise has an impact on brain health is in your 20s. That doesn't mean it's too late if you start to exercise later in life, but it's the choices that you're making now that that either will prevent a chronic disease or help you cope with a chronic disease in a better way. So, you know, when you make a choice not to smoke, for example, that's the most important choice you can make in your health for decades to come. When you make a choice in terms of healthy eating and being devoted to exercise on a regular basis, you know, I'm constantly talking to patients and saying, stop driving your kids everywhere, walk with them. You know, we've got a a generation of obese children growing up, and part of it is because we've stopped playing outside. You know, we've got so much screen time that our kids don't play outside, We we don't go outside, we're driving from wherever we you know, from one place to another. So I think healthy living choices make a difference on all these different diseases. Exercise makes a difference on blood flow to the brain. You know, you're, you're talking about mild cognitive decline in your mother, and that must be very difficult. Uh, the reality is you want to be exercising. You want more blood flow to go to your brain Dr. lifelong. Brown, let me just jump yeah. in here, Dr. Brown. When you say exercise, for our listeners, what do you mean? Because that can, that has a it can be scary. Yeah, it can be scary. Some people are thinking marathon running now when you say exercise. So help me understand right. what you mean by exercise for for our for our female listeners who are trying to you know change the future for themselves from, from a health perspective. What do you right. mean by by by? Um... So the minimum that is required is about 150 minutes a week of mild to moderate exercise. That means something as simple as walking 30 minutes a day can make a difference in your long-term health. We talk about exercise being deliberate and mindful because I've got lots of women that live hectic lives and are running up and down the stairs and doing, you know, doing laundry, doing whatever, but that doesn't help your stress level. You really want to be dedicated for that 30 minutes, concentrating on your breathing, concentrating on your walking, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a gym membership. It doesn't have to be a marathon. It can be as simple as walking on a regular basis. I encourage people, so I I live in Toronto and the subway stops are about 20 to 30 minutes apart, and I encourage people that on their way home from work or on their way to work, just get on the subway at a different stop. Walk one stop and then get on the subway. Start to make it a pattern, and that will make a difference. I think your your point about reducing the stress when you're actually doing it. So people who are running up and down the stairs doing whatever activity they're doing, 
um, it's not considered to be dedicated time to fitness because you are stressed about whatever you're doing. And so I like the fact that you said you have to dedicate it and it has to be away from the other activities. So me going up and down the stairs to do laundry, for example, is not a workout because I'd like to chalk it up as one, but it's not. <laughs> um, we need to kind of you know focus, dedicate, and separate um, from from your day-to-day activities. Exactly. That will help the blood flow to your brain in a better way, and that will decrease your stress in a better way, which is not to say going up and down the stairs and doing laundry isn't work, but it's not the same for your heart and for your brain as regular concentrated exercise. So, Dr. Brown, just before we perhaps finish up this segment, and this may not be a fair question, so um, we're not going to hold you to a specific answer <laughs> on this, but, but I'm, I'm curious as to what percentage of the disease that states that you see in your practice is could be eliminated through uh, different choices? So these are lifestyle choices we're making leading to these outcomes versus, you know, a, a, a pure medical or, a, um, you know, genetic, some physiological genetic, uh, genetic right. problem. Well, to be fair, and I don't want anyone suffering from a disease to feel like they've brought this on themselves. Right. Because genetics plays a part, your environment plays a part, your early childhood plays a part. But what we do know is uh, a significant amount of disease is modified, so maybe not completely controlled, Mm. but modified by the choices we make. We do see, for example, a significant increase in heart disease in people that smoke. That's a choice that you make. We see uh, an increase in um, other diseases related to stress, related to obesity. These are some choices that we make. So I think it's, it's, you know, it's hard to give you a number, right. but I would say that the choices we make impact on every disease. Maybe not, we're maybe not able to eliminate those disease, diseases, but we're able to modify them. And that's the key. You know, when we look at older people living in the community, living independently, taking care of themselves, they may be on medication for blood pressure or for cholesterol or for something, but they may be taking their medication and they may be, make, they may be making good lifestyle choices in order to cope with whatever chronic disease mm-hmm. they're feeling or facing at that point in their life. Dr. Brown, I want to thank you uh, for your time today. Before we go, if anybody is interested in getting a copy of your book, A Woman's Guide to Healthy Aging, Seven Proven Ways to Keep You Healthy, Vibrant, and Strong, where do they, uh, where do they get it? Well, it's in very many bookstores, and thank you for asking me. It's also online at Amazon and in Indigo and in smaller bookstores as well. I'm excited about it, and I'll share with you that I wrote the book after more than 35 years in practice because I wanted to share what I talked about every day to mm-hmm. patients. And what I thought would be, you know, six months, I'll write a book, ended up being a two-and-a-half-year exercise <laughs> uh, that, that really was an education for me. So this is really a reflection of my practice and what I'm doing, uh, taking care of patients in a job that I love. Terrific. Thank you very much for your time today, Dr. Brown. Thank you. Okay, we've been joined by Dr. Vivian Brown, Toronto family physician and author, A Woman's Guide to Healthy Aging, Excuse me, Seven Proven Ways to Keep You Healthy, Vibrant, and Strong. And before we finish off this segment, Faisal, we should uh, remind everybody about our upcoming seminar. Yeah, that's on Tuesday, October 24th, 7 p.m. at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine Spirits. Now you need to reserve your seats, so give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400, or go to our website to register at morethanmoneyradio.ca. And join us after the break. We're going to talk about some important points to consider when transitioning your business when you retire. Uh, you're on News Talk 770 and More Than Money.
David Popowich and Faisal Carmeli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popowich and Faisal Carmeli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund, an investment industry regulatory organization of Canada.